Exurgat Deus disipentur inimici eius, et fugiancio derunteum afaci eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. Episode 3 of An Altar of Corpses Although this could also be filed under Clown Planet or Clown World or whatever. <clears throat> <laughs> and if there was ever going to be anything to get this podcast flagged, this episode's going to be the one. <laughs> Screw it. Here we go. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defendenos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diabolias do praesidium. Imperatili Deus, supplicas aprecamur, tuque princeps militae calestis, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarem, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum letrude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum miserere nobis, Mater Dolorosa, ora pro nobis, Speculum Justitiae, ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facium tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculato Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So, yeah. Scrolling through Twitter, which generally is not where you want to be. However, while I was scrolling through Twitter, I stumbled upon a letter and I recognized the name. The name signing the letter was one Theodore Kaczynski, professor. <clears throat> and I know somebody's going to be like, oh, he wasn't really a professor. Yeah, whatever, dude. He had a PhD. He wasn't, a, I mean, I'm not going to call him a doctor because that has other connotations. Although he is technically a doctor. So instead, I'll call him professor. His letter reads thus. Dear Mr. Redacted, thank you for your kind letter postmarked December 23rd, 2021, which I received on January 27th, 2022. You conclude your letter with, quote, get well soon. There is yet work to be done. Close quote. You're right. There is work to be done. A lot of work. In fact, the work has barely been started. But I won't be able to do much of it. I'm not going to get well soon, or ever, because I have terminal cancer. I can't expect to live more than two years at the outside, and I may well be dead in less than a year, so the work will have to be done by younger people. What about you? What are you doing? I'm told that you've ordered a paperback French and English dictionary for me, for which I thank you. But seen in relation to the problems we face, the matter of the dictionary is trivial. Have you been following the recommendations in sections 28 and 29 of chapter 4 of Anti-Tech Revolution? Have you made any efforts at organization in accord with rule 3 of chapter 3? 
If you want to organize but don't know where to begin, let me know, and I'll give you some suggestions. But my suggestions will not be easy to carry out. We don't want dilettantes who are ready to do only what is easy. We need people who are capable of total commitment and are prepared to take, um, can't really tell because there's something obstructing it, any task, no matter how difficult or unpleasant or time-consuming it may be. Yours for wild nature, Ted Kaczynski. Now, he's quoted as saying, and here's the thing, for those of you who don't know, Ted Kaczynski used to live in Montana. Um, in fact, he was, a, he was an assistant professor um, before he left Berkeley and then went to, and then went briefly to stay for a couple of years in Illinois before he finally said, you know what, screw it, I'm out. And then he moved out to Montana to a location that I'm familiar with that has a 30 mile per hour speed limit that I'm extra familiar with because a couple of weeks ago, coming home from church, I got pulled over for exceeding that speed limit by a small degree. And I do literally mean a small degree. It is a nice town. It's a tourist town. But the people who don't live in, like, the people who live in the town that support the tourism, the, the tourism, for the most part, they live out in the wild country, and it's a beautiful, beautiful area. The average person out there lives in a modest home. You know, and I say modest home, I mean, there are some varying sizes. There are some significantly larger homes. But, you, but typically fairly modest, what you would expect for middle America. Um, obviously equipped for Montana winter. Um, but also equipped for, you know, other weather. And the funny part about it is, some of the things he said turned out to be very much true. For example, attributed to Ted Kaczynski is this quote. You know, the irony is they're going to show this cabin as evidence that I'm crazy. But if everyone was content to live simply like this, We'd have no more war, no poverty, no pollution. His cabin was modest. He had, you know, some of the minor amenities. He had a bed, to be sure. He didn't have internet, obviously. Although, admittedly, it was more, it was very, I mean, even if he would have had internet, it would have been that old dial-up crap that I grew up with. But he didn't have internet. I don't even think he had television. What he had was he had a library of books and the means to provide for himself, to cook, to clean, to have, you know, clean water, etc. And it was kind of a remarkably striking thing because I'm sitting here in a modest apartment Um looking to find a modest home. (laughs) And yet, I have organizations like BlackRock who are buying out whole neighborhoods to make sure that I don't even get the opportunity to purchase a modest home. Horrifying. 
Another quote attributed to him. This is going to ring true with the trucker convoy going on right now in Ottawa and protests going on worldwide. Quote, They want you to obey. They want you to be a sheep like they are sheep. Obedient. Unquestioning piece of machinery. Sit when told to sit. Stand when told to stand. They want you to give up your humanity, your autonomy for a paycheck. Gold star. Bigger TV. The only way to be human, the only way to be free, is to rebel. They'll try to crush you. They'll use every tactic they have to make you obedient, docile, subservient. But you can't let them. You have to be your own master, whatever it takes. Better to die a human being than to live as a purposeless cog in their machine. Now, of course, this is Radio Free Catholic, and that sentence in there, you have to be your own master, I mean, that's Luciferian. (laughs) But what he said about they, man... Isn't that true? See, everyone serves someone. But the question that you really got to ask yourself is whom or what are you going to serve? Because if you serve the global political machine, We know where that ends. You will own nothing. You will live in the pod. You will eat bugs. And you'll be happy. They've said it. They've said it hundreds of times in the last seven years. They've said that this is their agenda. At least for the last seven years. Now... Kaczynski's got a bit of an issue because he's a kind of a nature worshiper. <laughs> you know, gets to be gets to be uh, mildly problematic. But it doesn't change the fact It doesn't change the fact that what he's saying about them is absolutely true. See, we were sold a lot of lies. We were sold a lot of lies for this prosperity. Think about it. They put a TV in your home and they feed you with propaganda. And even though for several years, the most popular show in America was the teaching of an archbishop that wasn't enough to tip the scales because that archbishop would eventually come off of TV. And for the most part, he wouldn't be replaced by another. 
for many, many years up until EWTN and then even even EWTN never had the reach. There was a heyday when Catholics actually believed. When they believed enough to make sure that our entertainment fell within the confines of Utrapalia. And then the Second Vatican Council happened, and it seemed like all the wheels came off. And most people like to blame the council, but the council, I mean, you've, if you've read the documents, they're not really that crazy, for the most part. I mean, there's, there's a bit of craziness in there. The crack in the door, the crack through which the smoke of Satan has managed to enter into the church, without a doubt. But we can't forget that there were people there. There were cardinals and bishops there. There were priests there and so-called theologians there with their little pickaxes, burrowing away at the wall, trying to generate that crack in the same way that Andy Dufresne dug his way to freedom in the Shawshank Redemption. They were patient. It took time, but they were patient. And eventually they were able to open that crack enough to where it was more than just a little bit of the smoke of Satan. But it's actually now come to the point where the fires of hell can now be seen through the windows of Holy Mother Church. The key point behind this podcast episode, this third installment of An Altar of Corpses, is because if... You see what I see in the world. Then at the same time, too, there was an urgency in the letter. There was a clarity of mind in the letter where you just kind of look and you go. I think we need someone like him. To be sure, not an environmentalist. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know how much I hate environmentalism. Even if I am a conservationist, because I do believe that we are here to be stewards. The earth was given to us. It's ours. And we should take care of it. But it was given to us. And all of the animals and all of the life on it was given to us. So to be blunt, environmentalism is clearly not the path. The way of the pacha heifer is clearly not the path. But what's worse is actually the path that's being set before us by those who claim to be environmentalists, because their path is just another path of destruction. Think about it. They've asked us to sacrifice our children. They've asked us that on the off chance that we were that we are unruly enough to have children, that we put our children in their care so they can feed our children with all of the bile and venom 
and filth that they can manage to squeeze into those magnificently pure little brains. And to what end? So that our children can stand up against us and say, Mom, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. This is the way the world really is, as that way makes absolutely no sense. A man can be a woman. A woman can be a man. Gender is fluid. And the only fluid I really see is the puddles of piss that are teaching the kids of this nation. And they're pouring that into their heads. In the same way that most of the people in legacy media, in the corporate press, in the cathedral, are pouring their vile urine into our goblets and telling us to drink because it's the purest water that we can have. And it's really sad because if you're a man actually watching everything going on today, watching the entire world fall apart over nonsense and filth and degeneracy, watching the entire world being fed lie after lie after lie, then it's very easy to see someone like Ted Kaczynski, or as I saw actually in the next uh, tweet down that thread from one of the quotes I just read, Michael Douglas's character in the movie Falling Down. They're trying to push us to that point. And what's funny is that for the most part, without the grace of God, that's exactly where we're headed. Without a doubt, without the grace of God, that is exactly where we're headed. Which is why in the last episode I said, hey, we need to lock up the Capitol. We need to block all the roads. We need to put trailers and tractor trailers. We need to get guys with tow trucks to block the roads. We need to get the tr- tow- the guys who run the tow trucks to drive the truck to drive their trucks out and help us block the roads. In the declaration of our, in our declaration of independence, in the part of the patrimony of the American nation, is that when we reach a point when the government has become too onerous, too destructive, too wicked, too malevolent, it is well within the rights of the people to abolish that government. I mean, we could waste time trying to change it. But we would be better off actually just blockading Washington, D.C. with the sole demand of disband. Cede the city of Washington, D.C., either to Maryland or to Virginia or both. I mean, split it by the river. Why not? And fold up the tents of the entire federal establishment. All of it. 
And to make the point known, don't just block up DC. Block up. I mean, there's 300, there's 300 million Americans in this country. We can, we have more than enough people. Hell, we have more than enough rednecks. who can bring some big old trucks, block the roads, not by the, not by like one or two, but by the dozen block up the cities of all the state, block up all the state capitals, and then for good measure, barricade, say, Langley and the city of Alexandria and a couple of other key cities that may have major, major federal government establishments and force them to close up their tents and disband their agencies. I think 250 years for the American Republic to show its true face. I think that was enough. They've broken our system. They've decided that they know better by appointing people who aren't even accountable. And that's actually the key thing. Because I'm not a big fan of democratic rule. I'm not really a huge fan. I mean, I'm kind of a fan of of a republic, but I'm really not. I'd prefer a monarchy. And I would be much happier if the United States of America ceased to exist and 50 monarchies popped up in its place. Because because while the dust is settling and everybody's vying for primacy and all that other garbage, yeah, there'd be a lot of fighting, be a lot of contests. Some places will stay republic. Some places will, you know, California will probably be dumb, dumb and can carry on with their stupid little democracy. And other places might actually have families that raise up and say, you know what, we can actually do this. We can actually care for the people and protect the people. We actually have the skills to build a pretty decent society. And you'll have places, entire cities like St. Mary's, Kansas. That might even be able to hold these people to account. Maybe. But if it were me, and I were calling the shots, if I could call the shots out to every single trucker in the United States of America. Everybody who runs a tow truck, a tractor trailer, a school bus, doesn't matter. All of them. You know what this country is doing is wrong. You may not know everything. But if you knew what I knew, you would know that the abscess that is Washington, D.C. needs to be cut out. And forget about replacing it. This isn't like pulling out the motherboard in a computer and putting in a new motherboard and be like, oh, okay, yeah, we can fix it and get it running back to factory spec. The fact is, is that most of America realizes that we don't want the factory spec. Some of us do, to be sure. Some of us don't. And raising up one giant tent to cover a continental-sized nation when you have at least 50 different sets of cultures, at a minimum. And some are going to fall into true terror and, and dilapidation. 
And well, so be it, because they vote for Democrats, and that's typically what Democrats do. And some are going to be prone to, well, swindling their people because they vote for Republicans, and that's what Republicans do. And maybe there will be somebody who stands up and actually leads their state in a manner befitting both the people and maybe even a monarchy. But we need to get everybody who's not local out. We need the multinational corporations that are based in the United States but have no fealty to the nation that they to the nation in which they were born and the nation in which they derive most of their profit. They have no fidelity. Do you think Facebook has any fidelity to the people of California? Do you think Twitter? Nike? Google? All of these companies that have sold out to the likes of Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party. All of these companies who've decided that German law outranks American law. Or supposed world law. Those companies need to be disbanded. Forget about seizing the means of their production because, I mean, let's be real. Does Twitter really provide a service? So instead of seizing the means of production from Twitter, just raise the buildings to the ground. Magnetize the server farms. And just wipe it off. Oh, but we can get a global audience. We can make oodles and oodles of money. Yeah, whatever. Should have stayed loyal to your home to your home nation. And then at the same time, we can get, you know, organizations like TikTok and just ban them. Since it is, you know, I mean, it's Microsoft, right? Because Microsoft has done so much for the Ameri- for the United States of America. What have they done for us? I mean, really? Think about it. What what has Microsoft actually done for our country? And compare that to what they're doing against our country? And maybe you get some people to try and stand up and be like, oh, well, we need to do this, that, and the other. Nah, not really. <clears throat> because the cool thing is, is that once the likes of people like Bill Gates... Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey or whoever the twat is who took over Twitter. Once they lose the protections that they have, that they think they have with judges and senators and congressmen and the president, you know, kind of kind of making overtones and talking about, oh, we're going to do stuff, but they never really do. So basically, I mean, they have de facto protection. Once that protection is gone, well, then it makes makes it much easier for somebody to just walk up and put a bullet in their head and save us the trouble of them being on the chessboard at all.
And if you think that sounds extreme, then I'm simply going to remind you that the CEO of Microsoft has been the number one proponent for abortions and sterilizations around the world. Bill Gates himself has been predominantly, principally responsible for the butchering of nearly a billion people around the world. He has, his father has, it's a generational thing with him. They have more blood on their hands than you could fit in all of Lake Michigan. And that's assuming you discard the rest of the body and just keep the blood to fill Lake Michigan. It has to be done, but it has to be done properly. Which means that we have to do it prayerfully. It means that you really actually need to make the approach in a manner similar to what the truckers in Canada are doing. Not resisting arrest. They're just making it logistically impossible for you to arrest them. And that's basically what we need to do. These people thought they had an insurrection on January 6th. Oh, speaking of... Where are all those people who were arrested for January 6th? Are not most of them still in solitary confinement? Don't we have laws against that? I mean, most of the, the vast majority of them are charged with misdemeanors. You know what a misdemeanor is? A misdemeanor is a crime that you can spend up to, but not including, a year in jail. And some of these people have been in jail since January 7th. What day is it today? For a misdemeanor. Just saying. I vaguely remember being told the lie that there's such a thing as due process. I vaguely remember being told the lie that all men are equal before the law. That we're all entitled to equal justice under the law. I mean, I know it's a lie. I've been there. But we have people in solitary confinement who have been in solitary confinement for more than a year for crimes that, no joke, on average, they'd only actually spend four months in jail if they went into jail, if they actually went to jail. And that was assuming that they actually broke something when they went into the Capitol, you know, like somebody came up with a, with a golf club or something and knocked the face off of one of the statues in the Capitol rotunda. Cause that would actually get you about four to six months in prison. But nobody did that. And the cop who shot the girl climbing through a window who again, probably would have gotten a hundred hours of community service and maybe a couple weeks in jail. The cop who shot her to death, where's he at? Oh, yeah, that's right. He's still walking free. As I understand it, he still has his job. And the Capitol Police has now been expanded. The D.C. Capitol Police have now been expanded to at least 13 states. Oh, these defenders of democracy. <clears throat> They need to fold up their tents. They need to pack their bags and they need to go home. Biden needs to go back to Delaware. Kamala needs to go back to Canada. 
and the whole lot of them from Ted Cruz to even to even Rand Paul, who I actually like. They all need to go home. And we need to call this experiment that was the federal government of the United States over. Done. Our men and women who are serving in the military need to be released back to their home states or to whatever state they choose to be in. And if they want to continue their military service, they can carry it. They can carry forth their military service under the command of their governor. Because there is no need whatsoever for a U.S. military that's only going to go overseas and bomb a whole bunch of people who have no business being bombed. At at least not by Americans. Ukraine and Russia want to kill each other? Screw it. Let them kill each other. They still haven't given me a good enough reason why American blood should be shed. And it is far, far easier to re-divert people's attention to where it belongs with their state governors, with their city mayors, with their county sheriffs, and their local school boards, which actually, honestly, when the, you know, when the federal government goes away, the state departments of education go with it. Just saying. And you parents might actually regain some control over the spiritual food that your kids are fed. Wouldn't that be a sight? I don't know how you mobilize to do something like this. I really don't. I mean, it would break up a whole, the whole nation pretty much. And maybe there would be some good alliances and maybe there would be some not so good alliances. And then you can ask the other question, like, what are we going to do with all those nuclear weapons? I'm of the opinion that we could turn all those nuclear weapons into nuclear power plants and become energy independent once more. But what do I know? And yes, I know. Weapons grade radioactive material is far, far more dangerous and more rich than regular nuclear power grade material. I know. And I really don't care. It can still be done. Because I'd like to see energy independence with actually clean energy. Reliable, clean energy. Like I said, I'm not an environmentalist. I'm a conservationist. This world is ours, and we ought to take care of it. But we can't take care of it when you've got millions of of illegal aliens flooding across the border, when you've got a government that is determined to terrify you to the point of of complying with any stupid mandate, regardless of how ridiculous it is. And you certainly can't do it without with an entire culture, a nationwide culture that's really only being funded by five cities, poisoning the well for the entire country with something as stupid as critical theory. 
our special blend of it being critical race theory and queer theory. We have seen our country get peeled apart and destroyed. We are watching it fall apart in front of our faces. And the answer to it is to turn away from this godlessness and raise your family like you're supposed to. Is it perfect? No, life is suffering. Life is hard. But if we weren't so busy being attached to those little black screens in our pockets and those bigger black screens as the centerpiece of our freaking homes, If instead, if instead of busying ourselves with looking up pornography, and in this particular case, I'm not just talking about about illicit sex. I'm talking about the porn, <clears throat> murder porn, fear porn, all of the forms of pornography that distort the human mind. From the constant flood of bad news to the actual degenerate behavior that belongs only in the darkness of bedrooms, and certainly not as a main centerpiece of a culture. But if we use these devices to actually help us learn, if we use these devices to actually communicate one with another, to build beautiful things, Because I'm not saying we need to get rid of the technology altogether. We have the technology, whatever. But I'm consistently told and reminded that one smartphone has more computing power than all of the computers that was on the space shuttle. That one smartphone has more computing power than the mainframe computers that were used for us to land on the moon. And what have we done with it? We're certainly not on the moon. We're certainly not on Mars or any of the other planets. We're still here on Earth. You see the point? For 50 years... We've been a legitimately space-faring civilization. But we've been a legitimately space-faring civilization that doesn't explore space. Oh, we'll sit on our duffs in our comfy little, you know, labs and offices dialed into these giant satellite dish monstrosities going, oh, yes, I'm looking and I'm looking for a second Earth. Pendejo, por favor. How about we go to the moon? You know how much easier it is to see through the atmosphere if you don't have any around you because you're on the moon? Do you know how much easier it is to take images when you can actually spread the cameras out millions of more miles? Say maybe say maybe put some of this photographic equipment on an asteroid in the asteroid belt? 
so that this way you can take a picture from the asteroid belt and from Earth, and then you can might actually you might actually get just a little bit more accurate with your measurements. Just a little bit. There are some 32 quasi-planetary bodies that we can't see, that we kind of know they're out there because, you know, they've been measured. They've been measured and spotted by our various, you know, eyes in, eyes up in the sky. But how much easier would it be to set up a facility on, say, Sedna? That's S-E-D-N-A. To observe the greater universe. Huh? How much easier would that be? You're talking about it. You're talking about orbits that are huge. But far more than there was one astronautical astronautical unit that is the Earth orbiting around the sun. Oh, but we haven't gotten there yet, despite 50 freaking years. I haven't even gone back to the moon, despite 50 freaking years. You want to tell me that this technology is good stuff? Then let's use it for something actually cool. Let's go out, out into the galaxy and proclaim the gospel of Christ. Let's go out into the galaxy and prove to God that he didn't waste his time on little old us. A species that has a nasty habit of navel-gazing when it should be looking up into the stars. You want to understand the universe? Go out into it. What, are we going to sit here? We're going to explore the... I'm going to explore the universe from the comfort of my nice San Fernando Valley home in California. On my computer, I'm going to explore the universe. Pendejo, por favor. You are just another beta. Gird yourself up like a man and go out on an adventure. I would, well, there are a lot of things I would do to go to space. I almost said I would kill to go to space, but if I really wanted to kill to go to space, I would have just taken the jab and went to go work for Virgin Galactic. They certainly were paying more than enough money. So I'm not willing to kill. We're going to have to hit a reset button. We got to dial this crap back. We need to get rid of all of those people, all of those quote unquote regulators, all of those people who are basically nothing more than a middleman designed to suck the life out of your ideas, your creativity, your prosperity, to suck the life out of your faith? I mean, think about it. That last statement seems a little weird, to suck the life out of your faith. But what did I talk about in the last episode? Did I not say that the Catholic charities are facilitating the destruction of the United States of America? 
Is that not sucking the life out of your faith? Is the millions of dollars that are flowing between them and the cartels and the bishops and the government, is that not sucking the life out of your faith? And for what? So they can walk around dressed in their in their handy-dandy little cassocks with their little red trim and lord it over us and tell us that we can't go to a traditional Latin mass? Those people, oh, I had other words for them. When they do decide, when they do deign to actually dress in Catholic dress, like the cassock and the might, and like the cassock, what do they do when they do it? They destroy the faith. With everything that they say and with all of their actions, they destroy the faith. It would be better if they didn't wear the cassock at all. I would honestly prefer that Cardinal Supic went out into the world and just wore a suit and tie like the little inveterate politician that he is. The kind of guy who has such a sockable face. And he presumes to take for himself the power to take away from the people in his diocese the ability to worship in the same manner that their forefathers did. Obviously not their fathers, because if their fathers are anything like my father, who were children of that abomination called the Second Vatican Council, they haven't walked into a church in 30, 40 years. So it wouldn't be the faith of my father, per se. Certainly probably isn't the faith of your father, per se. But it is the faith of your fathers, your ancestors. Everybody who was born before 1960. Well before 1960. Well before 1950. Who would have actually worshipped in the same way that Thomas Aquinas and St. Teresa of Avila, and John of the Cross, and Ignatius of Loyola, (laughs) and the apostles, in an unbroken line for 2,000 years. And that little pencil neck punchable sock puppet thinks he has the right to take that mass away from you. Your patrimony, your inheritance. And go ahead and tell me that these scoundrels aren't draining the life out of your faith. Aren't bleeding your faith dry. Your prosperity dry. Your lives dry. I would prefer their conversion, but I also get the distinctive feeling that they're here on purpose, that God has allowed them to ascend to those high places, not to sift them out, their souls are destined, but to sift you out. 
to get you to prove what kind of metal you're made of. Will you stand up for the faith? Will you stand up for your children? Will you stand up for your country? Will you stand up for your families? Or will you buckle and compromise and betray? I'm not a trucker, but I would certainly be willing to get a, get with a bunch of truckers so we can stop all this death. So we can stop all this debauchery and all of this lechery. And in a nation of 350 million, surely we can come up with 100,000. A tenth of a percent. Surely somebody out there must believe that the future for our children is worth fighting for. Even if it ends up being the sort of cause like the Cristero War, it's worth fighting for. Even if it ends up turning out like the like the army of the Vendée, it's worth fighting for. Because who knows, it might be the Battle of Lepanto, and it might be the Battle of Belgrade. It doesn't have to be the Battle of Verdun. But in truth, we'll never know unless you stand up. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.